0: Welcome to Right on Track, a songwriting podcast. Thanks to Tone for tuning in. I'm Demi Michelle Schwartz, and I'm thrilled you're joining me on my songwriting journey. So kick back and relax, don't fall flat, and remember, stay right on track. everyone welcome back to right on track i'm so excited because i have three very special guests joining me today brett boyette troy johnson and scott Lindsay, also known as the nash villains hey guys hey how you doing to me i'm doing fantastic how are you guys doing right.
1: wonderful wonderful yeah.
0: Fantastic. This is going to be such a blast. You're the first band I'm having on the show, and I'm very excited. And today we're going to be talking all about your journey from writing for commercial country stars to writing for your own outlaw country band. And I'm so excited for this. But before we get into that, can each of you take turns introducing yourselves and sharing a little bit about your songwriting journeys?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, Scott, you want to go first? Let's go Mm -hmm. left to right.
0: Okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Keep everything in an orderly fashion. Right? <laughs> yes. I, uh, my name is Scott Lindsay. Uh, I'm what you call the utility guy in the band, which means I play multiple instruments.
3: He usually says
2: the eye candy. And I'm the eye candy, <laughs> but fortunately, you can't see that right now. You know? I'll, I'll send pictures later. I'm sure your glory's coming through on Mike as well. <laughs> uh, but my my songwriting journey started uh, started very early. Um, my dad's a singer songwriter, and uh, I'm from Kentucky, by the way, uh, a place called Beaver Dam. And a lot of bluegrassers and thumb pickers up there. But my dad used to used to write when I was uh, younger with a guy named Tommy Collins, who wrote uh, New Patches for Mel Tillis and Roots of My Raisin Run Deep for Mole Haggard. And uh, Tommy used to come up, and we'd all go fishing, and he and dad would. Would write and uh, I got I got the bug then and I, I would just go back in my room and and write out my I love you you love me kind of thing and bring it in there and into the kitchen they would critique it and send me back to my room to fix what you know fix all the red marks on it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, I, I was I was always around it. I've always been around it. Uh, I mean, I didn't know any better. You know, I thought everybody, you know, played music, wrote music, played baseball and basketball. You know, so uh, right, not not right out of high school, but not long after high school, I came to Nashville and went to Belmont and studied classical and jazz guitar. And, and uh, I was always writing. I thought at that time I wanted to play lead guitar for some people. And I did get a couple of jobs, but then I ran into some people like Brent Mason and those guys and and uh, I was like, you know, I'm I can write a song too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be another way to do the music.
2: Yeah. So uh, I was always writing, and uh, uh, me and my buddy Josh Osmer used to write a lot back then. And uh, of course, he's one of the biggest writers in the world now. Good for Josh. You know. Uh, <laughs> good for Josh. I, I hope to be there soon. Yeah.
1: I don't <laughs> hear any animosity in your voice. <laughs>
3: Go ahead. Yeah. Thanks, John. <laughs> it's good, good. Good for Josh.
1: Good for Josh. Yeah, I'm so proud of him.
2: <laughs> no, I'm really happy for him. I'm really happy for my old buddy. Uh, but uh, along, with, along at the same time, I got, I got a record deal on my own and I had a song out called you only call me when you drunk, which I wrote with Josh and a guy named Jody Lineberry. Uh, and had a little success <laughs> with that. And, uh it sent me around the country a couple times and, uh, came home from being on tour out west and walked in the office there at the little label I was assigned to, and they were putting stuff in boxes. So. <laughs> <laughs> and not just your record. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I'm back to writing, I went all the time and I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. And then, I uh, ran into a guy named Frank Larry and, that led me to Troy Johnson, because Troy was already writing for Frank's company, and uh, so we started writing, and Frank and his <coughs> wife, Karen, uh, sent me out to L.A. to do a songwriters festival, not long after I signed with the company called the Durango Songwriters Festival out in uh, Burbank, California. And that's where a mutual friend of ours named Tim Gates introduced me to Brett Boyette, and while we were writing...
3: And the rest was downhill from Yeah,
2: while we were writing, we got <laughs> to the- Yeah. about uh, it. Yeah, or, or, or an
1: uphill slog, yeah, one yeah, of the yeah, two. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, the is, and the rest is history, or, or misery. The rest <laughs> is history. <Yeah. laughs> you want to it from there? I, so that's me in that's in a, a good, That's a good
1: hand, segue. into Yeah.
3: Sure. Um, this is Brett Boyette. Um, I am the guitar player slash producer of the band. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I was writing songs in college. I was writing songs forever, but um, I was playing all over Texas. I went to Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas, <clears throat> and uh, I met George Jones's bass player, and uh, he, was, uh, he was the uh, stepdad of a buddy of mine, and uh, he heard some of my songs. He's like, hey, man, when you graduate, you should really move to Nashville. I was like, all right, I've got nothing else going on. That sounds like a good idea. I had a degree in uh, forensic archaeology, and the heck am I going to do with that? So I might as well go uh, play the clubs. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up um, getting uh, <clears throat> mentored by a guy named Vernon Rust, uh, who was writing stuff for the with Keith Urban at the time. And I was hanging with those guys, and uh, they were kind of showing me how to write songs. And Vernon was staying at my place and kind of writing with me every day, and uh mentoring me then i ended up writing country for like four years then i moved to new york and then i got a call from uh a composer slash songwriter who's a hall of fame songwriter out here uh, named steve dorf he had heard some of my music um through his wife uh because my cousin shared it with his wife who was on they were in the same broadway show and steve heard it and he uh called me and said hey would you want to move out to la and work for me doing tv and i said well I've never thought about doing TV. See, yeah. there's a theme here. Yeah. So <laughs> all the puzzle pieces yeah, are yeah, coming yeah, into yeah, place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else decides my fate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I decided to move to to L. I was like, well, because I I knew Steve and I was a big fan of his writing and composing. So I was like, yeah, well, heck yeah, I'll move to L.A. and I moved to L.A. and started working with him. The first show I did with him, which he was the composer on, was Reba. And uh I was the music editor for him and ended up working for him. We did several shows together, several series. And I worked with uh Rick Murata, uh, who's a really, really famous drummer and composer. We did Everybody Loves Raymond. And then I worked with um Snuffy Walden, did Friday Night Lights uh, and a bunch of other shows and movies, and I started composing more myself. Um, I was always writing songs and producing people all along the way and learning from these guys who are just you know geniuses in their fields and uh it kind of got me it opened some doors for me to write some songs for some artists and uh get an agent and things like that and um ended up writing some pop stuff a lot of pop stuff i had a burlesque swing band at the time we toured with the brian setzer orchestra uh all over the country and uh i i wrote for artists like drake bell and had singles with him and then i wrote started writing for different movies, and um, was started pitching stuff back to Nashville again. I was always going back and forth to Nashville, and there was a I was sharing a studio with Paul Overstreet and uh, Nash Overstreet in LA, and uh, his daughter Harmony was pitching songs. Uh, so I sent her a song that I'd written for with Nash, her brother, for a film, and. Uh, I said, this is going to be in the film. It's going to be like the single of the film. But, you know, if you want to pitch it around, it's it was kind of an R&B production that we did on it. And uh, she said, give me a day and we pitch it around. And she called us the next day and said, hey, I got this cut. This is uh, going to be uh, Cassidy Pope cut this over a Big Machine. And then like two weeks later, they called us and said it's going to be her second. That oh, was wow. a song. Called, yeah. So that was a song called I Am Invincible.
0: Oh, I love that song. Wow.
3: Yeah, thanks. Um, and then I started working with, uh, there was a, uh, a kid from my hometown who I, I'm, I actually met him, which is weird enough, through uh, Ken Calais. And uh, <coughs> his, his name was Jackson O'Dell. He was 16. And Jackson was this amazing singer, songwriter, guitar player, vocalist, incredible. And uh, I started working with him. And his neighbor was a director named Bethany ashton Wolf. And, um, she gave Jackson a script that she was thinking of turning into a movie and cause she loved his voice so much and his songwriting and he was working with me. So he asked, and he didn't know how to score. So he asked me if I would be interested in uh, doing a movie with him and do writing all the music. And, and it was not greenlit at that time. And I was like, oh well, yeah. So we wrote like 14 songs to the script and we ended up, um, performing it of the production company and they greenlit it right there on the spot and uh, i ended up doing all the music with jackson and uh, a couple other writers paul Overstreet, and i wrote like two songs for it and a couple other people and scott and i tried to write a song for it we almost got a song in there well
1: you got to delve a little bit more into that that story mm-hmm. about about performing for the production company because that's unique and that's probably it never happened before, and it probably no. has
3: never happened since. No, that was a very unique idea, and Bethany actually had the idea to do that. Uh, so Jackson, because he was such an amazing vocalist, um, she said, hey, would you guys want to perform? And I said, well, I'll play guitar, but Jackson's an amazing vocalist. Let's let him be the singer. And then we ha- we hired this girl who's a friend of mine, Julia Harriman, and uh, who's now um, – what's, what's, uh, what's the Broadway play? Hamilton. She's the – He's the uh, one of the uh, leads in Hamilton Oh cool yeah
1: but the but. unique part is that
3: that you you guys performed in the office. In the office with all the suits sitting there looking yeah. at
1: us. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. It's not like you performed at a club. No. You, you <laughs> had to go to the, the, uh, yeah. the, uh, the, the control room.
3: room. Yeah. The boardroom, board board, yeah. yeah and, the conference room. And it was a boardroom. And they yeah. were all sitting there looking at us. And they were like, well, uh, what are you guys doing? We're like, we're going to perform for you. like, okay, that's weird. so, yeah. so I we bet they had a blast, though. That, that never happens to it them. It never I'm happened, sure. And we finished, and right there on the spot they said this 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 film's green so right after that I ended up um, writing for and producing like Lauren Elena and Mickey Guyton and uh, Travis Tritt and Josh Turner uh, worked with Little Big Town a lot of different acts for that movie it was a movie called forever my girl uh, and then I ended up scoring it as well um, and uh, that led me to meet Scott and troy at the time this is the full circle is troy was doing all the demos for me um because he was demo singing in nashville yeah doing the stunt singing the stunt so that sang, then it yeah. could re-
1: be replaced by real artists yeah
3: well no <laughs> <laughs> but i had i had never met troy in person i was referred to him i wish i could remember who referred me to you yeah anyways i was referred to him through somebody and i just i loved his voice and i was like man if i ever moved back to nashville I'm going to start a band. I had this idea, Nash Villains. I was like, man, I want to use that guy's voice and get that guy to sing.
2: Yeah, and Brett, (laughs) Brett, while we were writing out there that day, Brett got to tell me all this, and he he actually played me some of the demos. And I recognized the voice. I was like, is that Troy Johnson singing? He said, yeah, man, when I come to Nashville, I want to get this guy singing in my band. I'm like, well, hell, I'll call him right now and see if he wants to do it. Yeah. <laughs> we right from the same company. His office is across the hall.
3: Yeah.
2: Too bad I didn't pick up. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at the voice.
1: I saw Scott's name. I sent him to the voice Yeah, now. yeah. He, he still doesn't <laughs> answer my calls.
2: Yeah.
1: Vortex. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So go ahead, Troy. That's kind of where I leave
2: off. That's yeah, the, it's the handoff, man. Yeah. 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 So – uh I uh, grew up in
1: Houston, Texas, uh, uh, more specifically Katy, Texas, uh, where I spent most of my uh, uh, formative years. Uh, I've always been in music, always uh, been singing, uh, ever since I was a little tyke. And it became pretty clear early on that that it was at least something that is plausible for me to try to do, and, and it's really the only thing I've ever done. And, uh, you know, my parents were in bands when I was a kid. uh, uh, And then so when I started growing up, I played a keyboard. That's where I learned uh, to play an instrument was the was keyboard first. Um, And, uh, you know, through high school, wrote wrote some songs, but uh, they really didn't get into that until um, until I went to college. I went to Belmont University here in town and uh, i honestly i didn't even know that you could just be a songwriter and when i found out that and this is sort of unique for at least back then it was more unique to nashville that you could just literally write songs and make a living just doing that for other artists and um you know once when i when i found that out i was like well that's that's really what i want to do I'd, I'd rather sit on my ass than do the just <laughs> go out and tour. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, that sounds really good. I had this, you know, a uh, vision of a tortured artist sitting in a room by himself with a blank piece of paper. And so that's what I did for a long time. And, uh, I, you know, probably about uh, 18 months out of college, I, uh, I secured a publishing deal, uh, with a little company called homesick cowboy music. And that was, uh, that was Brett Beaver's uh, company with a guy named Alex Torres, and um, we had a, a co-pub with another guy, Marshall Morgan. And uh, that was my first publishing company, and or at least my first staff writing gig. And uh, I had brought in the song "Some Days You Got to Dance" to that to that catalog, and uh, you know, all the guys really worked hard to get that cut, and it finally got cut uh, by Keith Urban, uh, probably about. I don't know, seven, five years later, maybe in the, uh, in the, you know, uh, late nineties. Uh, and then the Dick, the Dixie chicks
3: overnight in Nashville time. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's, he was a success overnight after about seven years. But, um, then the, the, the chicks did, a uh, um uh, the chicks cut it from Keith Urban. Keith played on the record with them. And, and it was a, it was a feather in my cap for sure. Um, and then the chicks did a um a crossroads, CMT crossroads with James Taylor and and he ended up putting it on a record of his. So to to be a writer that that James Taylor has cut one of his songs is a pretty rare thing to to have and and you know, I tell everybody I know that any t- any chance I can. <laughs> you do realize that James Taylor cut one of my songs, right? And then I usually win the battle on, on, on the lines.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. But uh, anyway, so, I, you know, I bounced around the town, still bouncing around the town. But, uh, uh, you know, I've had songs cut by... Uh, who, who have I had songs Montgomery cut by? Montgomery Gentry. Yeah, but thank you, Montgomery Gentry. Uh, I was trying Tr- to think Trace of Trey Trey Atkins, and you know.
3: Uh, yeah, well, I know you're a resume better than you do. You do, you do. <laughs> well, you're better name dropping than I am. Let's not forget James Taylor. Yeah, not, yeah. We can circle back to James yeah, Taylor yeah, if you yeah, like. Yeah,
1: yeah. But anyway, so um, yeah, uh, I, I you know had no uh plans of of you know being in a band, starting a band. I was a solo artist for most of my career, and and um. You know, when when the guys approached me about it, I was like, "Sure." I mean, that's that sounds like a
3: sure as long a, as you don't use my face, a fun
1: a fun yeah. thing to do. Hey, <laughs> no that's pictures. an inside joke no that pictures. nobody gets. <laughs> uh, you know, throughout the th- throughout my career, I started doing uh, singing demos for a bunch of people, which is basically how Brett got my name. I, I I've been a denim, demo singer in town for for you know longer than I care to admit at this Den- point. Denim demos, yeah.
2: Den-
3: yeah. It might Thank be you. a
2: song title right there. Thank you. I wonder
3: <laughs> if I got your name through Chris Burgess. Hmm? Might have. Yeah.
2: Could be. Oh.
1: Um. Anyway, so uh, w- Brett and Scott approached me, and the, really the first thing that we really needed to figure out was, can we write a song together? <laughs> we're not. We're not gonna. I mean. None there, of us really wanted to be a band that that records other people's songs prim- right. primarily. Well, and
3: that's the only way you could find out if you have a, any actual
2: chemistry. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to find out if you got chemistry. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Because songwriting is like dating. It really is. You yes, know, it, it is. Know, it's, not, it's not. It's sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's right. Like nothing personal. Yeah. And you have, you have some partners that are more like marriages. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> but is that why you don't answer my calls? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to distance myself from you. <laughs>
1: uh,
3: My shrinker said to walk away slowly. Yeah, walk away slowly. <laughs> That's, good slowly. Advice. Away slowly. That's good advice.
1: Yeah. So anyway, we all got together and and um we ended up writing a pretty good freaking song. Yeah. Which is what? It was uh there, there to, to catch, catch me, me, which is our current single. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh from there we just kept writing and and this 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 project sort of grew and as uh Brett uh, put together all these tracks and, and sort of flushed out our production ideas. Uh, after we wrote songs, people started noticing what he was doing and sticking their heads in and saying, what's this? This is really cool. And
3: yeah, and- it's kind of an awesome thing in Nashville. Cause there's such a, such a high bar to have hit writers. And cause we have a lot of traffic in our studio of, of hit writers and producers and to have people actually sticking their head in my studio and being like, what is that? Right. Yeah. You know that is sounds really cool and different, and right. you know most of them ha- know Troy very well and have used Troy as a, a vocalist for stuff. I'm like is that Troy Johnson's voice? And that sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah,
1: that. yeah. Well, and I mean it, the the inception of the of the band was was sort of we wanted to direct it towards a cinematic flavor to have, you know, maybe opportunity to to you know get on some movies and some TV shows and you know uh do that so that was our first 4A uh, into you know how do we write a song together and what is this going to sound like mm-hmm. and so we've uh we, i think we've been able to carve out a pretty unique sound that incorporates all of those elements the country element the rock element the the uh not techno element but a more modern loop oriented element and
3: orchestral and uh, right. cinematic you know right mixed, uh, and, yeah
1: ethereal type stuff and you know broad lyrics that that people can can you know inject them themselves into yeah
0: wow fantastic you guys are so inspiring such great stories so can you please tell me how you came up with the name Villains? please i got to know
2: that's Brett.
3: You know, it's, it's, it, it kind of, I wish it was a better story than I just kind of sitting there thinking about it and wanted to do a dark outlaw country band. I had heard Troy's voice. I was doing that movie, Forever My Girl, and I just kind of sat there. I was like, <clears throat> Nash Villains. That's a really cool name. I don't know. It just kind of popped in my head. He was drunk and, one night and slurring his
1: words yeah, is what he was doing.
3: I could have, I could have been. I could have been. That, that could be a true story. And, um, you know, I, I went and checked, and I couldn't believe, it. no one had taken it. And uh, so immediately, I trademarked it, and we were just like, this this is this is it. This is I, I got to use this, and I got to get Troy and Scott and I had talked about it, and I told Scott about it when I when I met him uh, in L.A. And he was like, that's a great name. We should definitely approach Troy with it. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, but it wasn't much more to it than that. I wish there was a better story, and maybe I'll have to make one
2: up yeah, man, <laughs> to, yeah we my, are songwriters i started my journey yeah. searching for a band name in yeah. la yeah and i started heading east <laughs> i made it over yeah. the mountain i was yeah. driving down i
3: was driving to vegas <laughs> and nowhere
2: yeah i put nashville and
1: villain in a in a band name yeah. generator online
3: <laughs> it wasn't that sexy it was more just like hey
0: that's a good name there were a vegas.
1: couple names bouncing around but we kept going back to nashville and- yeah yeah, yeah.
0: That's fantastic, wow, that's a great name. Um, and you know, you might not think that's a great story, but I think all names have some kind of purpose and reason for coming about, and that one did. So great job, Brett. Since you three are incredible hit songwriters, let's dive deeper. So Troy, can you please read a fantastic quote by Justin Lynch?
1: I draw inspiration from anything and everybody, and that's what country music is to me. Real life stories and real life emotions.
0: I love this quote because I think what really drew me to country music was, you know, the truth and the emotion and the story. So can each of you speak on your own personal connections to this quote?
2: A lot lot of us, we used to walk around with what we call hook books. Now we just use our cell phones. So we're always looking for inspiration, just walking around, driving around. And we just jot down notes, you know, and then then you'll start, you'll you'll find a title that you like and you start piecing that story together. Uh, or I do it just just yeah. going throughout my day right? you know I, I'll say oh that line that line will work with that. that that thought will work with that and then when I get I don't know several of those thoughts together I will actually sit down with an instrument and start hammering it out mm-hmm. and uh, then then you just Take the truth and lie about it is what (laughs) you (laughs) do.
0: That's
1: good. That's good. Yeah. I think we all pretty much write the same way. You know, when you grow up in Nashville, musically speaking, uh, that's the way they do it around here. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good way to do it. It's, it's a lot different than, uh, you know, I've written with, uh, you know, West coast and East coast people and, and, um, they just do it different and, and, uh I'm I'm proud and glad that I you know was taught how to, to write a country song or at least the best I can. Yeah. And um and part of the reason I like it is I find it to be a puzzle. Yeah. And you know, I like I actually do like doing puzzles.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of, kind of eighty five in my heart, I think.
1: So but uh I watch the game show network and do puzzles.
3: But um Well, you know, I, I think I think one of the things that's important, like for me, is I have to put myself in the situation. of Yes, you have to be the yes. character. Yeah, yes. and I, yeah. I, I, have to find right. a place in my life where I relate to what we're writing about, and that that kind of thing has happened to me. You know, I, I think you know, like I, when we were doing this album, like I was going through a lot of dark stuff in my life, and I think that that a lot of that came out musically for yeah. sure. Yeah you know yeah we kept
1: saying cheer up buddy
3: yeah Yeah. but you know um but i I do think you do have to put yourself and into your into the situation of your own life and you do have to take inspiration from everything around you uh good and bad yeah i think that's important
2: um songwriting and and acting are a lot alike you have to become that character yeah, yeah, you, you know, it's almost like you're reading my mind I was thinking yeah. the
1: exact same thing I, I I'm fascinated with uh you know the acting world and and you know one would love to to know how to you know do that and I think partly that is what we do yeah. as songwriters I know as a demo <clears throat> singer I sort of put on a character to whatever song i'm I'm doing yeah uh, and I don't have very many I have maybe two <laughs> no, yeah. one that's country and one that's not as country. Yeah
3: but uh and i think like for me like even tumbling down we were one of our last singles like that song i was i was recovering from cancer at the time so it was like that song was very autobiographical about what was going on in my life yeah at mm-hmm. the time yeah so that was kind of an interesting you know perspective yeah
2: on it. you know it's funny kevin costner and i were just speaking about the same thing you were not <laughs> You actually were, I'm sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You, you 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 ran into him or met, met him a couple of weeks ago. Troy Troy and I wrote a song with a guy named Jack Williams and Kevin Costner for an album called Tales from Yellowstone. So uh So go out and get I Tales got, from Yellowstone yes, from, yes. Song from called Kevin uh, Costner. What's the name of his band? Modern West. Modern West, yeah. right. A song called Won't Stop Loving You. But I, I had to I got invited to a show. With his him and his band a few weeks ago, me and my wife went up, hung out with him for a bit. Yeah, really nice fella. Yeah, I bet he's pretty inspiring. Yeah, and we, and we were talking about that very same thing. I'm, I bet, you know, I bet. Yeah, He likes to talk about himself, doesn't he? But, <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
1: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
2: I, I, think I think saw the like, opportunity for I a think joke. Everybody I else it. talks about him plenty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so that was all fantastic i love all your perspectives i love how you guys were bringing up you know the whole acting side of it and having to really get into a character for country music to get that story across and that authenticity and that's a perfect transition into writing for commercial country stars which all of you have done because in that case you're not writing for yourself you're writing for another artist so can you guys share a little bit about your journey of being in that position of writing for another artist and hearing your songs performed by these incredible artists on country radio
2: when y'all go first on that um what
1: um you know the first time that i heard the chicks do i might the the producer of the chicks uh uh invited me out to um blake chansey invited me out to uh have a drink with him and, and he took me to his car to hear you know the mix of what they did it was after they had you know it was during the mix session i guess and and they hadn't mastered it or anything, and so I was like, "Man, this is pretty amazing to hear your song sung by a platinum-selling artist." Or, or I mean, yeah. it was it was it was a, a real joy. And and but when it comes to <clears throat> when it comes to writing for someone in particular, I personally find it pretty difficult. I, I know that there's a lot of great songwriters that that can do that. That can hear an eric church in their head and they say what would he say now i can do like what would he say but i can't do like well what would he how would he sound and how well
3: and you you have to do that in nashville you do because you get pitch sheets yeah and they say these artists are recording in the next two months three months that's not the only way
1: to do it because there is
3: another way to do it i mean what i was going to say
1: was was a lot of times a writer will find an artist, or an artist will find a writer that they just
3: connect with, yeah.
1: mm-hmm. like Ronnie Millsap and Mike Reed. Right. Um, they just Bernie
3: and Elton John. Right,
1: right. Exactly same type of thing where, where I think Mike Mike's a singer and he sings really mm-hmm. well, and 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 he just wrote what Mike would do, and mm-hmm. Ronnie found him and said. And if they, they that's what were Ronnie similar. would do too. And that's what <laughs> Ronnie would do too. And and a lot of times that that will happen.
3: Yeah. And I think that is mostly the case these days. To get cuts these days, you are writing with the artist for the most
2: part. Yeah. I was going to say, or,
3: I, or the producer. I mean, those are like the yeah.
2: two. Most of the artists, I, and I'm, when I say most, I mean like 95% of the artist cuts that I've had, I wrote with the artist. Sure. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, and there's a, the, there li- easier, lies right.
3: the benefit of living in nashville right being a rider in nashville if you ride in country i mean you know the, you know, the here, or pop in la you yeah. know, you right. get people get in these camps yeah of you know they're in uh the ariana grande camp right in la or yep. they're in the the jason aldean camp in, right. in, in nashville you know yeah. that's, well, that's
1: why they say you got to be present to win that's part yeah. of it yeah. yeah that's part of it you got to schmooze with them you got to connect with them you got to you know, be at I- events with them. And that's, I'm sure that's true with pretty much every industry.
0: Lots of great um, Yeah, that's fantastic. So for your band, when you started writing songs for you, that's definitely different than writing for another artist because you're writing a song that you guys will perform. So can you share more about the journey of the co-writing among you three to write these songs and maybe some challenges that you faced?
2: Well, one of the biggest challenges is- you're Sitting right to the right of us? Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Okay. It's all Brett's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Brett's our biggest challenge. <laughs> no, so one of the biggest uh, challenges for for me, and uh, I'm going to assume I can speak for Troy here too. But we we were always writing for artists. So when when we started writing for Nash villains, uh, we wanted it to be really uh, cinematic, Syncable. You know, and sinkable. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Sinkable. Yeah. Sinkable for for film and TV. Yeah. So we had to write more broadly and uh I know especially for me uh, it took me it it took me a couple writing poems to to really wrap my mind around what what we were wanting to do here, you know. Less furniture, uh, more emotion. Yeah. Yeah, everything broad strokes you know right it's project. it's
1: almost opposite of what you do for a writing session for uh you know a pop country singer because yeah. the more furniture you have in the song the the you know the the cooler it kind of can sound yeah. you know you have all these unique uh pieces of well well we need my furniture is all the details in yeah. in in the, yeah, in the, Nashville, the lyric Nashville the, uh,
3: songwriting is so detailed yeah yeah in, a, first, in an awesome way, it's yeah. storytelling.
1: Yeah. Well, you know? I mean, you can certainly go overboard. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, the more detail you can put, the more things that the the, the listener can see in their mind, the yeah. better that
2: it t- tends to be. Right. And the, the first uh, the first couple of songs we, we wrote turned out amazing. Uh, well, it was just a uh, well me and me and me and Troy would throw out a line, especially me would throw out a line, and Brett would go, "No, it's too specific." So I'd have to go and rework it and come back and uh, tweak it a little more, mm-hmm. and then throw something else out. Okay, that's fit. That's perfect. Yeah. You know, so it was just a, and I, it was a learning curve. So after a couple writing appointments, I knew exactly, I knew exactly what we were going after, and I didn't have to send it through the filter so much. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you filter yourself. It's, yeah.
3: It's really interesting because you know I started in Nashville, but I, I got away from that type of writing for a while. And in Nashville, lyric is king, mm-hmm. for sure. And when you're writing pop music and you're writing film and TV music, emotion is king. Yeah, and, and yeah. Re- which basically means music is king. So right. that's why, because like, the I, music
1: can make you feel
3: something. Yeah, yeah. And that's why. And, you sure. know, and I come from a world of scoring and stuff as well. So, like when I come to writing sessions, I'm usually coming with a melody and a musical hook. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's kind of like more my thing. Right. Yeah so and then uh these guys are so in tune with writing uh great lyrics and just working each line and working it working it working it which i do that too but these guys that's what they've been doing for so long it's it's a great combination of styles uh, yeah. and i think that's kind of what makes our songs what they are
1: right mm-hmm. well i mean i think i would say the ultimate goal is to is to marry as best you can the music side and the lyrics side one of the examples I used for that use for that idea is the song Ghost in this House. Great song. Uh one of my I think it's one of the all-time greatest country songs ever. Too. When you Great. get to in the chorus, when you get to the part where he goes uh um that towards the end, I'm just a ghost in this house. Uh it only took my body and soul. I'm just a ghost and I mean when you get to that point, and that is the that is the climax of the melody and the lyric, yeah. that is magic. Mm-hmm. That is magic. And it is a great song. So anyway, that's an example of what I was just talking about.
0: That's amazing. I think it's so cool how you were able to make that transition from writing more lyrical and story-driven music to this you know and i think that just shows your growth as writers as well and your expansion and able being able to do that because you know you had all this experience writing for hit country artists but you're on this fresh new journey now and you were able to find a sound that's unique and perfect for you guys and i think that's fantastic
1: well thank you we've enjoyed it for sure
0: yeah so can you share a little bit about your album, Tumbling Down? I know it's a concept album. So can you talk about the whole concept you hope this album portrays to your listeners?
2: Brilliant.
3: Um, You know, I would say the overall arc of this album is about how one bad decision in your life can affect you throughout your life oh wow uh, and that's kind of what happened what this whole album is about from the beginning from the first song
1: especially if you keep making mm. bad decisions
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know but but the story is this guy can't escape his first mistake that he made and that happens in the first song of the album um so that but it also is relatable to i, I think a lot of people uh when they've done something in their their life they just can't Escape. I can't get past.
1: Yeah, and it well, it, the outer struggle turns into inner struggle, and uh, you know, there's all kinds of uh, you know song ideas in that. Yeah,
3: and he tries to he tries to get past it. He falls in love, uh, you know, and then the girl he's with finds out about his what he did uh, earlier and his uh, earlier addictions in his life and things like that. And he ends up, uh, she finds out about him. She turns him in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's and uh she has to then she has to wrestle with doing that for herself. What turning in the love of her life, but it was so egregious what this guy did, she can't live with herself to not turn him in because she's a good person, she has to turn him in. Uh so again it's affecting him.
2: It's basically a Hallmark movie. <laughs> 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 On the dark web.
3: On the dark web. <laughs>
1: as we were as we were writing these songs we we saw a narrative kind of flowing through them so we just sort of put them together in that way
0: yeah wow that's amazing i love it i love it i love it congratulations on the album i cannot wait for the whole world to hear it i've already heard it thanks to juliana but <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> i can't wait for the rest of the world to hear. um but i have one more question for the three of you so what is the biggest lesson you've learned so far being songwriters in this industry?
1: uh you gotta go out and party with everybody to make it to- <laughs> <laughs> and that's not really who i am necessarily
2: yeah. <laughs> that's bad, been my struggle. it's a new podcast bad yeah. advice from Troy johnson yeah <laughs>
3: you know you know I, I hear i hear a lot of people a lot of songwriters and people in our industry complaining about not being able to make as much money anymore because of streaming and things like that but i think the biggest lesson i've learned is you have to find a way to change with the times and money is out there, and you just have to learn how to change your business model as a professional writer uh, to get that money. So there, that money is still there. It may not be in the same way that it was it used to be out there with CD sales mm-hmm. and terrestrial radio as much. But now you've got, you know, for example, you had terrestrial radio, but now you've got distribution worldwide with the click of a keyboard. So. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of, of, uh, ways to take advantage of how the industry has actually changed and make a substantial amount of money.
1: Yeah. When it, when it comes to the individual songwriter, the, the income stream has definitely changed. It's just, it's turned into, if you want money, you got to do something live. Yeah. Uh, the days where you can, uh, you know, you can have money, mailbox money come in because you were, on a record or had a couple of songs on a record that weren't even singles, you could have, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you could have, you could live off of that. And now that's not the case. And so you have to change, just like Brett was saying, you have to change how you, how you present yourself to the world. And, and now there's a, there's a emphasis on doing something live, whether it be digital or not.
3: Yeah. I would say, you know, personally, another thing I, I've had to learn is how to writing with the same two guys over and, over and over and over and over and over again. You've got to learn how to compromise and and take suggestions from everyone, and right. you know, uh, not just be the the single cook in the kitchen, which is mm-hmm. it, it's it's tough for all of us because all three of us, you know, write by ourselves and write for other projects and write with other people and everything else, and that's that is definitely something that, something that you know. As a, a a personal growth <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, you, you got to see him again tomorrow <laughs> so, yeah.
0: so
2: you yeah. can't be all you can't burn a bridge well, you, or you were asking about uh, would you say advice for songwriters is that what you said what did you learn the most what'd what did you learn, learn the most uh about my songwriting journey? Yeah. I got lost in what Brett and Troy were talking about and i forgot <laughs> i forgot the question yeah what what's the what have you learned the most from your
1: songwriting journey to uh,
2: <laughs> to, listen, to always remember open, the question. Open up my ear, take the cotton out of my ear. To always remember the question that's been asked <laughs> <laughs> now um I, I would say my my songwriting journey is is uh taking the opportunities <coughs> that that lay before you has has gotten me here you know uh sending your songs out to people you know if, if I hadn't taken the notion to send a song <coughs> to Frank Larry. On Facebook Messenger, you know, and would would be sitting here. You know, yeah. man,
3: that's that's a good point. I mean, you know? it's, it's amazing how many um, incredible writers that
2: I know. I'm sure you guys
3: as well, where they're amazing writers, but they're not good at getting their songs out. Right, and they're not. Like, that's a that's another part of you know, of your job.
2: Like, yeah, it's
3: only that's. You gotta writing, be
2: your best salesman.
3: Yeah, the writing part's only the first half.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I was t- talking about. I'm not a very good salesman yeah and that's been a really tough thing to uh to learn how to do and i you know i still don't really do it very well i just expect everybody to come to me
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah well, so,
1: but i don't need to turn this into a therapy session right
0: <laughs> wow well thank you guys so so much for sharing that um it was an honor having the three of you on before we go can you share with the listeners where they can find you online and check out your incredible music
1: Absolutely, uh, you can find us at uh, Nashvilsband.com. Make sure you switch the A and the I. That's how you spell villain. uh, uh yeah, is not villain. Yeah, not villain, but villain. Anyway, and we also have YouTube, um, Facebook, all the social media sites. you can find our music on Spotify and Apple Music. And uh, any other streaming site that you might have that's all out there. You can give
2: them our PayPal info too if they just want to send money. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) put a link in the comments section. Yeah, you can subscribe to
3: our videos on YouTube. Right. Um, Yeah, and definitely subscribe on Spotify.
2: Right. And we accept crypto also.
0: Oh, wow. Well, thank you guys so much. This was such a delight. You guys are fantastic, hilarious, so much wisdom and inspiration. So thank you guys so, so much for joining me. Everybody, please go check out Nash Villains and their incredible new album, Tumbling Down. And of course, until next time. Stay stay right on on track.
3: track.